Don't worry about it. Everybody's just going to be happy to see you. Let's do it. Let's get going. We're radio professionals. We can do it any kind of way. <laughs> I don't know. Is it my turn to start? I don't even know. Don't it is your on. turn. It Go for fun. it. All right. All right. So we're going to start. So, hey, everybody. It's Friday. I'm Kai Rizdala, and this is the Friday edition, barely, of a little podcast we call Make Me Smile. <clears throat> Yes, and I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us, <laughs> come hell or high water, for Economics on Tap. Whether you're listening on the podcast or watching us on the YouTube live stream, we are going to do our news fixes. We're going to play a little game of half full, half empty, now with an audience poll. And Kai, are you okay? <laughs> well, so let me tell you the story. So first of all, I'm sorry we're late, but it's only by a couple of minutes. Number one, why am I on the Zoom and why do I sound like crap? Well, here's the thing. We're having our house painted. And as I think everybody on this podcast who listens uh, knows, I do this from a shed, which is attached to my garage, which is not actually in the house. So I run a 100-foot Ethernet cable to a bunch of boxes that the network engineers at Marketplace set up in my shed to connect to the um, Wi-Fi router and the modem in the house. And because they're painting the house and they have to like cover up the windows and this and that, we had to unplug that cable. And so it was unplugged all weekend, all last week, but I plugged it back in before the pot um, and everything was fine. And today at 3.20, so in other words, in plenty of time, Bridget Bonder, thank you very much for yelling at me on Slack when I was deeply stressed. Um, for some reason, I went to plug it in and it didn't work and it didn't work. And it didn't work. And anyway, here we are. I have no idea what the YouTube comments are saying. I have no idea what anybody's drinking. I will tell you the funny part is, or the not so funny now actually is, I I, uh, I had brought a glass of water with me because, you know, some days you're just not in the mood for a drink. You're just like, I just don't feel like it and I'm not going to force it. Now, I really am going to have a beer after I get off this damn podcast. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think you especially need a beer today. Bless your little heart. Sorry, oh that's the Midwestern God. good bless your little heart. Like, I actually feel sorry for you, not no, I'm sending one. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even need this microphone because it's not even working. I'm going to do that and get my whole face today. How about that? All the Kai glory. Uh, oh you're getting God. a lot of sympathy oh in the God. chats on Discord and on YouTube. Everybody's feeling very bad, badly for you. And right. um, yes, so it's okay. Uh, so what everyone so, is drinking. Thank you for your forbearance. <laughs> yes. Uh, Please. Margie, I will live vicariously sorry. through you all. What are you drinking? Margie is having a ranch water cocktail in a can. Uh, what's what's in the ranch? Like, pour though? one Bur out for Kai. What's in the ranch? Uh, what's in the branch? Branch water cocktail? What is that? No, ranch water cocktail. Oh, ranch. I don't even know what that is. Neither do I. I I, I've heard it. Too. I think it's like <clears throat> I've someone I'm sure will tell me. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, many beers. Uh, Oktoberfest, a Marzen something. Oktoberfest beer. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a beer. I yes, it is a beer. And let's see what else. What else? What else? Looks like another beer. Oh, this one looks complicated. Old, old fashioned for her. Ryan says an old fashioned for her. Fat squirrel for me. Do you know what a fat squirrel beer is, wow. Kai? I, don't know. No? I I have no clue. What are you drinking, by the way, if any? Oh gosh! So I was 
a little toasty. I'm trying to wear our make me smart. Oh, sorry, this side. Our make me smart hoodie, but it's kind of warm. And so, uh, as per Drew's suggestion, I made a cocktail and I wanted to try something different. So I did, you know, one of my random throw whatever I have together. So I had a little bit of limoncello yes. left from my trip with my family to ah. Europe and I tested it out with both vodka and tequila. I decided that tequila was the win. And then because it was a little off, I then mixed it with St. Germain, which actually turned out pretty well. So I have a cocktail of limoncello, tequila, and St. Germain. And it's quite tasty. Uh, cheers. More power to you. I thought, I thought, I thought uh, limoncello was meant to be uh, imbibed by itself. I didn't know it, it was is. a thing. It is, but I like to be different. There we go. I want to do something. Yeah, you, 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 do, you do indeed. You do indeed. Mm. All right. It's anyway. nice. It's refreshing. Uh, so Let's do the news fix. The yes. So you my news fix is a really, really thoughtful and interesting piece that's in the New York Times. It's a long read, totally worth it. Headline is, half, of, half the world has a clitoris. Why don't doctors study it? And I know it's easy when someone says the word clitoris out loud to be like, oh, this is inappropriate, whatever. But the, as this piece goes on to lay out, the fact that A, regular people don't talk about it, and doctors, for the most part, do not study it, and there's not much research on it, has caused so much damage, like physical damage, to women in medical school. A key portion of this article says... This near universal avoidance has consequences for patients. In a 2018 study in the journal Sexual Medicine, Dr. Rubin, Dr. Goldstein, and colleagues found that a failure to examine the vulva and clitoris led doctors to regularly overlook sexual health conditions. Among women <clears throat> visiting Dr. Goldstein's clinic, Dr. Goldstein is one of the main characters in the story, Nearly one in four had clitoral adhesions, which occur when the hood of the clitoris sticks to the glands and can lead to irritation, pain, and decreased sexual pleasure. And some of the stories in this piece are just horrifying, where because doctors don't have a lot of knowledge about this area and the way the nerve endings work and all this stuff, women are getting terrible injuries that affect their sex lives for the rest of their lives. And mm -hmm. there's like no recourse. So there are all these doctors who are trying to get more research into this area because some of these stories were just truly devastating simply because people literally don't study this. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think it's a really good, good piece, well-written, really thoughtful and an important conversation. Cause yeah, half the world has a clitoris. Half the world. Yeah, that that's actually a really good way to put it, right? Sort of scale, scale sort of sets the stage. Yeah, and I mean, I wonder if we phrase so many more things like that in terms of how we pay attention to them, right? Half the mm -hmm. world deals with an issue. It's the same with like periods and things like that. All these oh, yeah. things that are taboo to talk about that literally half the world experiences. Yep. And um I'm glad that the conversation is changing, but it makes me so sad to think about all the harm that has been done for not having the conversation yeah. up until now. Yeah. Anyway. And, then, you know, it, it plays out in so many, so many ways, right? So, I mean, not to get all marketplace on us here, but there's the tampon tax, right? And, mm -hmm. how, and how that happens, you know, it's, it's a state-by-state -state thing, but half the people in that state have to deal with the tax that the other half doesn't even have to think about. 
let alone pay. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know? Have you, uh, I don't know how much time you spend on like TikTok or Instagram reels or anything, but I try not none. to. God bless. I try not um, to. Have you seen those videos where there's a machine that you can put on with these like little tabs that you put on a man's stomach to simulate period cramping pain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well, and the one I saw, like pregnancy cramps or, or uh, delivery labor cramps. Yeah. Yes. I don't, I'm a little afraid to try, to be totally honest with you. I, it's so funny. I remember one time I tried to describe to my ex-husband like the pain that I experienced with like period cramps. And he's like, there's no way it could hurt that bad that you wouldn't be able to function. And I was like, and yet we do. <laughs> men are by far the weaker sex. And I think the more men For who sure. acknowledge that, the better place this world will be. And I, I have no problem admitting that. You kidding me? No problem. I do not wish that pain on you, Kai. I really don't. I wouldn't be able to make it. I don't like that. Um, All right. Anyway, what's the change of gear? Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick blow by this one because I don't want to spend too much time and energy talking about Elon Musk. But two things: number one, um, his purchase of uh, Twitter, or another way to say that is the most uh, powerful man in the global economy, the richest man in the global economy. Uh, is going to buy a global communications platform. That deal is going to close at the end of next week, which, number one, is amazing. But number two, and this is a Bloomberg story, the United States government apparently is looking at Elon Musk's activities and some of the deals he's making through a national security lens. And they're specifically thinking about using something called the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, CFIUS, okay? And here's why this is amazing. CFIUS investigations and limitations on deal-making are usually put into place and started when a foreign company is trying to buy some part of the American economy. And the most recent example was probably eight or 10 years ago. It was a thing called Dubai Ports World, where a foreign port company was thinking about it and eventually wound up buying parts of um, uh, key American uh, uh, shipping infrastructure. Okay, And that's you can see that's a national security deal. The amazing part about the government looking at Musk is that he's an American citizen and they're looking at him for the national security implications of some of the deals he's doing. Twitter being number one, uh, also the Starlink satellite service and what he's doing in Ukraine and conceivably I don't think everybody Iran. knows what he's, what he's doing there. Can you just like very quickly? Yeah. So, so super quickly, Musk has a Starlink satellite service, right? It's satellite internet, which is amazing. And it's a zillion satellites going through the sky. And let's set aside for a second, the whole space pollution thing, right? Which, which is real, right? But you want a connectivity for all the underserved populations in the world, you got to do it some way. And, and this is what he's come up with. Anyway, so Musk, uh, a number of months ago, set up uh, a Starlink system over Ukraine and has made that available to the Ukrainians for communication, both government and civilian. And over the weekend, a week ago, it came out that Musk, who runs a private company called SpaceX, right? It's a private company. It's a profit-making institution, said, listen, we did this and it's great, but now you have to start paying us for it. And everybody went, oh, my God, Elon Musk is a terrible guy because the for-profit company he's running is wanting to get paid, right? So he's a defense contractor and he ought to be paid. But some of the other things he's doing have to do with the Iranian regime and communications there. He's also very friendly on Twitter with Vladimir Putin and Dmitry Medvedev, who used to be the president over there and is now still high up in the hierarchy. So 
the government of the United States is saying, hmm, maybe Elon Musk should be not so involved in national security foreign affairs decisions. And it's really interesting because he's an American citizen, but also he's the richest guy in the world dabbling in geopolitics. And that's a little terrifying, given given how loose a cannon he has proven himself to be. And not just geopolitics, because at first he was messing with domestic politics, right? And sort of like amplifying Trump and election yeah. lies and misinformation, yeah. and all these things, not yeah. to mention like all the just weird tech gender stuff, which is another yeah. thing. But also like now just like palling up with Vladimir Putin. Come on, dude. That's awful. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I do want to take a moment, and maybe we can move this around in the edit later. Uh, we're getting a lot of comments in the chat from people who work in the medical profession who are attesting oh, yeah. that they really do not study the clitoris. Jeff says, as a former doctor, I can attest that we didn't study that as in the clitoris. We studied the male counterpart, but not the clitoris. And in many ways, medical ed can be improved about sex. And then uh, later on, Debbie Donovan says, in medical devices, we learn excruciating details of anatomy with products to treat these issues. Uh, Vian says, I'm a physician. If I can recall, we spent very little time learning about the mm. external female reproductive system. So all attesting to what this New York Times uh, piece is laying out. So, yeah. anywho. I don't, I, don't think, and, leave it, I don't think we need to move that around. I think that stays right there. Yeah. It's feedback from listeners, yeah. real time. Well, almost real time, because apparently people are having issues with sync and skipping. So apologies Uh, for that. You know, we do the best we can. (laughs) We do the best we can. Shall we? Uh, All right. Yeah, let's play a game. I really do like this cocktail, believe it or not. I know it sounds awful, but it's tasty. It sounds gross, but it's good. All right, this is half full, half empty, and I'm half full on my cocktail. Uh, Hosted by Drew Jostad, we... What? (laughs) Oh, snap, you're half full on your cocktail. Good for you. I'm half full. All right, this game is hosted by Drew Jostad, and we want to hear from our YouTube live stream audience for the last question. But in the meantime, Drew, take it away. Are you half full or half empty on the supply chain snarls finally starting to ease? Half. Full. Well, I'm all the way full. I'm all the way full. Where, where, did, where is that the time story today about shipping on Ports of Long Beach in Los Angeles? Is that where that comes from? No, it was early in the week in somebody's earnings report. Oh, gosh, oh. I think it was Johnson & Johnson. Correct. They were saying that, thank you, thank you, Drew. I'm amazed that I pulled that out, um, that there are all these problems. There's inflation and this, that, and the other, and there's a recession coming, but... The supply chain problems are easing up. And so I think that (laughs) this relates to what we were talking about on the show yesterday, Kai, because as you know, because you've been tagged in this as many times as I have, the Katie Porter video about whether corporate profits, whether corporate profits are the real cause of inflation. And so now with supply chain concerns easing as well, it kind of lends evidence to why our price is still high if it's no longer going to be supply chains and, you know, all these other things are balancing out. So I'm going to say half full on the supply chains easing up. I won't go all the way full until it actually translates into lower prices for people. 
we should be we should be realistic here. Just because inflation goes down, right? That's the rate of price increases. It doesn't mean those prices are going to go back down. Yeah, that's true. What was it? Yeah. It was uh, up like a rocket, fall like a feather. What? What? what, what yeah, something. Like yeah. All right. What's next, Drew? Due to a huge surplus of avocados in the Philadelphia area, a local nonprofit is hosting a uh, avocado giveaway. They're calling it Avogeddon. Are you half full or half empty? (laughs) (laughs) I'm half full. You get proper branding, and I like avocados. I hadn't heard that story. More power to them. Uh, Yes, I actually just bought some avocados today and cringed a little bit at what I paid for them. But I'm, you know, it's like I don't eat breakfast a lot, but it's one of the things I like to eat for breakfast, not on toast because I'm not a bread person, even though I am a millennial. But uh, yes, I'll go have full. (laughs) Despite being a millennial, I'm not the avocado toast person. I just like the avocados. (laughs) That's fair. Totally fair. All right, what's next? Uber said this week it's going to start running ads inside the rideshare app. Are you half full or half empty? I'm all the way empty because I've been getting these ads for the last several months. So I guess I was a pilot because I've been seeing these ads pop up like basically as soon as I request the ride and the ride is like accepted. They're like, and here's an ad. And I was just like, yeah, I see what you're doing. I got you. That's crazy. And I, I wonder, I wonder how much revenue they're going to get from that. And and at what what's the tipping point right between revenue and off your users? But think about it. You're you've got it's sort of like those ads that are on the um, pump at the gas station where you have to stand there right. until right. your tank fills up, right? So. Yeah. You're not going to avoid the ad, unlike TV, where you can skip it, you can walk away. With an Uber, you're staring to watch when your ride is going to get there. So you're not going to be able to avoid the ad. And there are fewer and fewer places in this economy where advertisers can target you and you cannot escape the ad. And so I think it's going to be a ton of revenue. And some of, one of the stories I saw about it, maybe it was ours, said that Uber Eats has already been doing like sort of ads in terms of different restaurants promoting themselves up higher in the search rankings, and they're making a ton of money off of that. Wow. And so, yeah, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy yeah, points I, out in the YouTube chat, yeah. hence the term captive audience. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Literally, for sure. For sure. Anyway. All the way empty. <laughs> yeah. What Kimberly said. Are you half full or half empty on your workplace storing your fingerprint data? Uh, objectively half empty. And APM, if you're listening to this, don't do that. Although, Kai, in your previous <laughs> <laughs> in your previous employment for the US government, oh, I imagine oh. that was a big part of it. <laughs> Oh, totally, totally, totally. Look, so, so, all right. So, so here's my, 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 my gut reaction is me personally, I don't really care because the government knows everything there is to know about, right? Security clearances, fingerprints, biometrics, military, all of that stuff. That's, they've got that. But if I'm the average Joe person at a private employer, having been in private employment for 15 years, why the hell does my company need my fingerprints? 
There was a a movie on HBO. I think it was oddly enough called Kimmy uh, about the this <laughs> about this woman who worked for like some tech firm, and there there was all this drama and and it. She went to like the headquarters to try to like solve the problem, and they scanned her retinas to let her in the building, and she was like. I don't remember ever consenting to have my information stored. And they're like, oh, we just gathered it during one of our Zoom company all staffs. Right. <laughs> and right. it's like, um, so I'm half empty. I'm, I'm, I'm all the way empty. I don't love it. But I also feel like the ship's kind of already sailed amongst the many terrible things that happened on my family cruise this spring um, was that – we had to submit to face scanning to get yeah. on and off the ship every single yeah. time. And God knows what they've done with yep. that information. I'm sure they've sold it because it was a company that I'm sure has no morals. But anyway, it, it's it's awful. <laughs> and so, yeah. yes, all the way empty on that one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Where are we? Last topic. Let's queue up the poll. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, cue up the poll. Yay. So all you in the YouTube live stream, get ready. We want you we want you to vote. We are going to pause our own opinions until we can get the wisdom of the crowd, as it were. But go ahead, Drew. Are you half full or half empty on a limited run bourbon flavored soda from Dr. Pepper? Hmm. Alcohol free, by the way. Uh, I mean, Dr. Pepper already tastes kind of boozy. Yeah, well, you know, that's a really good point. It kind of does. It kind of does. Yeah. Uh, I don't It seems gimmicky. I'm half empty. I'm out. Wait. Not doing it. You were supposed to wait until the poll, Kai. Well, they have balls. Come on. We gave them like 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Uh, do, first of all, is Dr. Pepper nationwide? Because I've been a couple of places where, like, I asked for Dr. Pepper and they don't have it. Um, and uh, isn't it, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe let me look. That's what I think. What's everybody saying? Probably uh, just some restaurant that only sells Coke products or something. Is Dr. Pepper owned by Pepsi? No, Dr. Pepper is like its own thing. Dr. Pepper seven up, I think. Standing free in the midst of everything. I love it. Um, my dad used to work for Seven Up, by the way. I have all this like nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties Seven Up paraphernalia from when he used to work there, and they were always giving him like free uh-huh. glasses and stuff. And they used to have a brand called Like Soda, L I K E. So I have all these like Like Soda glasses because they had an, a big office in St. Louis. Um, okay, I am going to go with. Half full because I do like Dr. Pepper. I think it's already kind of boozy ish, and I think a bourbon tinge would make it a nice mixer with a bourbon cocktail. So I'm sure that will at some point show up in my repertoire. I, I think fundamentally, you just have a more sophisticated palate than I do. And I, I know I say that in all seriousness, right? Like, well, I'm going to make limoncello with vodka or gin and maybe some Saint Germain bitters. And I'm like, yeah, give me a beer. And like Dr. Pepper, I'm like, I don't really like Dr. Pepper. I like bourbon. No. Right. But you actually have thoughtful responses. I just think that's very interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, I should say that, oh, I lost it. Um, someone in the chat said that it's not a great idea to give kids a preview of bourbon in soda, good which point. is a very good point. 
Uh, so yes, I think that is a very valid point. And Aaron, someone else also, Aaron says, my teenagers love Dr. Pepper. I don't need them acquiring a craving for bourbon. So (laughs) actually that's a really valid point. Do we really want to be mixing alcoholic products, flavor, alcoholic flavors into, um, you know, non-alcoholic products other than although we do have this whole line of like de-alcoholized wine and non-alcoholic you know whiskey and all that stuff to help people who are already drinking drink less but on the other hand is that creating an on-ramp for people who are not yet highly functioning alcoholics to get into that space which is not great (laughs) yeah Mm. Uh, poll results here we go. Yes. What are the poll results? All right. Half empty. Votes, right. Half empty. Sixty-eight yes. percent. Sorry, I got my I got my uh, slack up. Half empty is sixty-eight percent. Mm. Half full is thirty-one percent. So the half empties have it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Evil genius 007 says, "What are they supposed to drink while they chew their candy cigarettes?" Oh God! Right. Remember those? Jeez. I do. I do. They don't sell those anymore. Uh, I have to imagine they wouldn't. I cannot imagine they still sell them. No chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No chance. Uh, So now to you. So, yes, we are done. Uh, Make Me Smart is back next week. If you've got questions you want us to answer for our What Do You Want to Know Wednesday related to the economy, business, technology, culture, take your pick, um, let us know. And here's somebody who can tell you how to do that. The number to call is 508-UB-SMART. All right, couldn't help myself. <laughs> the number to call is 508-UB-SMART. You can leave us a voicemail. Email works also. You can reach us at makemesmart at marketplace.org. And by the way, two extra things at the end. You'll notice me wearing my very fun Make Me Smart hoodie, which arrived a little later than we wanted it to, but it's so cozy. And so if you have not yet uh, made your donation, you still can. I believe the hoodies are still available. And if you really want to be the hardcore Make Me Smart Roll Dog, we have an internship opening at the moment. And that intern will start in January. So if you know somebody who's interested in a foot in the door in journalism and radio production and audio production, podcast production... It's all the same. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a link to that job opening in the show note. And, of course, that internship is paid. So let us let us know yeah. if you know anybody Key who point. might be interested. Key point. Yes, Robert, it can yeah. be remote. Oh, yeah. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera. Today, with help from Mark K. Green, this episode was engineered by Drew Jostad, who I think you know also wrote the theme music for Half Full, Half Empty. The team behind our Friday game is Mel Rosenberg and Emily McCune, which is so much fun. Bridget Bodner is back today, senior producing the show. And the director of On Demand is Donna Tam. And special shout out to you, Kai, for making it on time despite epic difficulties. I think. I'm really sorry. I was really surprised. surprised. I'm really might surprised be, nobody commented on Jasper the whole time. He's just been knocked out on the bed and nobody said a word. Not a bad life. <laughs> He's just like Not a, bad a gray life. lump in the background. <laughs> we all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine 
I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.